Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm your host for today, Whit Lopez, and I am super excited that this is our first podcast of the new year. Happy 2020, everybody. So this is also our first First Friday series podcast for the new year, and I am excited to be sitting here with Deanne Mills, in Muse Gallery. If you don't know Muse Gallery, it's located at 52 North 2nd Street in the Old City section of Philadelphia. Welcome to the show, Deanne. Thank you. It's exciting to be here with you (laughs) on this cold, rainy day, but at least it's not a blizzard. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm also very grateful that it's not a blizzard. So Deanne, this work that we are surrounded by right now in the gallery is absolutely breathtaking. It is gorgeous. It is so expertly done. I'm, I'm very excited to be able to witness this in person. Uh, and so this show, which is Wonderland, right? Right. I titled it Wonderland, which is, it, it sort of means two things. Um, this work was all done in my old barn up in Maine, on the coast of Maine, this past summer. And I did a lot of hiking, like when I wasn't painting, and my favorite hike of the summer, which happens to be an easy hike also, uh, in Acadia National Park, is titled Wonderland. So you go out on these flat rocks that have all kinds of patterns and ridges and cracks, and you're out on the Atlantic Ocean, and it's stunning. So I loved that hike, and also, at the same time, I was learning to paint with encaustic, which is an old, old, ancient technique of painting where you paint with hot wax and paint pigment. So I was doing that part of the time, and that was just this amazing experience to figure out how to paint and express myself with this ancient technique. So that was also sort of this wonderland of like every day, what am I gonna experience? What am I gonna see? What am I gonna do in my old barn? So the title seemed to fit both what I was doing when I was having fun up in Maine and when I was in my studio up in Maine. That's wonderful. So it's so it's kind of a two-layered, it's a multi-layered meeting for you. Right, and I, I have to say when I paint, so bef- this is my first show with encaustic. Mm. I learned how to paint with encaustic this past year in February of 2019. Amazing, amazing. Um, Before that, I I actually started painting in 2003, oil on canvas. Um, Love it, love it, but I was sort of ready for something different. And a lot of people who have seen my art would comment, oh, it looks like encaustic. And I thought, what does that mean? So I thought, well, I should figure out what it means. So I took several workshops in encaustic and I was sort of ready for a change, a different direction in my work. And this was just the right thing at the right time. So I started doing it and I'm not sure what I'll do after this, if I'll go back to oil on canvas or if I'll stay with encaustic. Well, either way, regardless of which direction you decide to choose, this is really, really beautiful work. Like it's, I feel like it's so expertly done and I love the layers to it. Um, it's, as I mentioned before, it really reminds me of Rothko work, you know, just seeing the, 
the way you layered the colors over each other and it's uh, it's just it's amazing it's really amazing um, one of the pieces that really caught my eye when I walked in is on the left hand wall and to me it looks almost like white birch trees in a forest it's beautiful I love the way you kind of capture that movement of the white the white encaustic between these colored layers so so it's interesting because that's the last painting I did in, I wouldn't call it a series, but I would say, so starting up in Maine, like I took these workshops, I took four workshops and I, I wanna paint big, I like big. My oil on canvas paintings, the largest type painting is six feet by four feet. So with encaustic, most encaustic painters don't paint that large because it just becomes very, very heavy because you have to paint on a on a solid frame. You can't paint on just canvas because mm. the wobbling of the canvas, it would crack the wax. Oh. So you have to paint on wood or something as solid as wood. So your the frames, these wood panels, just become heavy when they arrive and then you start layering the wax on and they get even heavier. So moving them becomes an issue. But I still, I like big. I like big where I can sort of walk into it. Absolutely. So I started, like the one behind me is one I did actually before I went up to Maine. And I was just trying to sort of paint bigger and bigger mm. and bigger. Um, and what size is that canvas? That one is 24 inches square. It's really beautiful. I love the way you have that gold color and the turquoise and then pops of red around it. It's really beautiful. So that one I was, that I painted in my studio here in Philadelphia, which is in the basement of my house. And it's a great studio, but the ceilings are only seven and a half feet high. So it's kind of <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and I was looking at old photos of traveling that was in India and some of the walls at this, these temples in Kajuraho. So I was just looking at photos I'd made and getting inspiration from them. But then, so then up in Maine, I kept just trying to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And the biggest I'm gonna go was four feet by five feet. Um, just because, like I said, even hanging them on the walls in the gallery today, I thought, okay, let's hope this works. <laughs> but I have my stud finder so I can find the, wonderful. the studs and they're staying up on the wall so far. Um, so that was a challenge, trying to go big with encaustic, because when you paint with encaustic, it dries immediately. So it's, mm. that's, with oil paint, it stays wet for days and you can move it and mix it. I, I did a lot of like wet painting on oil, mm. with oil on canvas, because you can mix with it for days, but the encaustic dries immediately. And then you can carve into it, you can scrape it down, and you have to fuse it with heat, with a blowtorch. Hmm. So there's this whole second part of painting. There's actually the putting the paint down on the wood panel, and then there's what you do with your blowtorch. So it's, it's a whole new world of possibilities. And I feel like this show, it's like the start of my encaustic work because I, I think, okay, I'm at this point, I like it, but there's so much more that's possible to do. 
Well, if this is a start, this is an amazing, <laughs> this, is, this is a very amazing beginning. It's, it's beautiful, it's breathtaking. I really love this piece over here um, towards the back of the gallery where it's like multiple colored lines. Okay, so that's interesting. It's beautiful. I wanna talk about that one and then I wanna get back to the birch trees, which you mentioned. Um, I'll talk about this one first. So this is, I titled it King of the Early because that's a type of bean that my next door neighbor in Maine mentioned. And I just thought, what a funny name for a bean, like king of the early. Because we is, have a big garden yeah. up there in Maine. Okay, but also this was the first painting of this type that I did. The other two were going to hang in the window. Mm. Um, so what was happening, I had painted something and I just didn't really like it. So you use a lot of potter's tools. Mm. So I had a potter's tool that's basically a little metal loop and when the wax is soft, you can just scrape with this potter's tool and mm. the wax okay. comes up like a ribbon. Oh. So I was working on this other painting, not liking it and just scraping it and these ribbons of wax were coming up and I thought, well, those are kind of cool. I'm not just gonna <laughs> throw them away or melt them down. So I took this wood panel, which is four feet by four feet, and I just started laying those ribbons of wax on the panel in rows. Wow. And I loved what happened. I do too, it's beautiful. And that so really then I started making what I, so I that went for maybe like six inches. And then I had to start making what I called a donor painting. Like I would just paint <laughs> like with the hot wax on another panel, let it dry and then scrape it up in these ribbons. And so then as I went across, I thought, well, now I want like an orange zone. And so I did a lot of orange on my donor painting, scraped it up and put it on there. And I went across and I, I do, I, this is one of my favorite paintings, King of the Early, named for this, variety of bean <laughs> and also because it was the first painting I did like this but then you start to get these technical difficulties because you're you've got these ribbons of wax and then you have to fill it in with just the plain medium I was just going to ask you about the filling <laughs> and so that sounds easy but it actually presents a lot of technical issues with the encaustic. You get a lot of bubbles, you get a lot of air bubbles. Hmm. And you know, who's to say air bubbles are good or bad? I think as an artist, you just have to decide, do I like them or not? But I decided I didn't like too many air bubbles. And also you want it to, you want everything to adhere. You don't want the painting to start coming off of the wood panel. Absolutely. So anyway, this one was just like, total fun just like what is going to happen and i love it because it has that just sort of freedom in it the you know who cares yes. and then after that i did two more the two in the window one's facing in one's facing out and after i did three i'm like okay i'm done with these like this is way too hard <laughs> because you're basically painting on one painting stripping it off pasting it on another and then trying to get everything to adhere. But anyway, yeah, I do love that one. I think it's just sort of magical. That's amazing. And I love your process for it. That's really wonderful. So when you got the ribbons of wax to adhere to the surface, 
Were you using more wax or were you just softening those with your blowtorch? So it's, I'd say a little of both. If you soften them with the blowtorch, they will melt. I'd go show you, but like some of the strips you can see where then it, you get color, sort of fuzzy color next to the strip. Yes. That's where I was trying to adhere with the blowtorch and it started melting the strip. Uh, okay. And I did that and I thought, oh, I'm losing the integrity of the strip. So I liked it a little, but mostly what I did is then put the medium with no paint pigment in it in between the strips and try to fill in the sort of valleys and then fuse all of it together. Um, and also what's, like if you're an encaustic artist, you would notice this, like some of the paint looks like it's right on the surface. That's because then you scrape. And so some of the pigment is way further back and that just becomes kind of foggy and hazy, but there's some of the color that's right on the surface. And that's because oh. it is right on the surface. <laughs> um, and I like that too. That sort of undulation Absolutely. of color going. So not only do you have these lines that sort of undulate, but the color also goes in and out. It does. And I notice that quality in a lot of your work, that there's this color that goes in and out. And like you said, an undulation between the colors. So there's a lot of, it feels like a lot of movement in each of your pieces. It's really, it's really wonderful, wonderful quality. And I love that you're, you're exploring that with encaustic. So when you first decided to start painting in 2003, you said you started with oils, right? I did. So my professional background is as an architect. So oh, I have nice. a master's in architecture. I practiced architecture for 17 years, loved it. Um, moved to Philadelphia in 2000 with three little kids and my husband with every intention of going back to work. My um, experience in architecture, my projects were large institutional projects, hospitals, research labs. Um, I worked in Houston, Boston and Madison, Wisconsin. Anyway, moved here with little kids. Of course, I'd go back to work. And after two months of sort of getting settled in, I thought, I don't think I need a job. Like, I have these three little kids running around. So I didn't go back to work immediately. Then that stretched to like a couple of years. And then I thought, no, I, I'm ready for like something different. So I took classes in different things. I took a painting class. It was landscapes outside at a, an estate in Gladwin called Appleford. So I was oh, painting nice. trees and bushes and I loved it, I loved it. So I took more classes, got bigger um, and went abstract. Like I was painting water lilies in the pond out there and then my water lilies got bigger and wilder and crazier and <laughs> that's wonderful i thought yeah and my painting instructors kept saying you need to go bigger you need to go bigger like and <laughs> even now i find it very difficult to paint small um so with encaustic i had to go back to small just because i was learning how to manage it how to just manage this huge wood panel with oil you typically paint vertically um, and you can step back and look at it a lot, but with encaustic, you, it's more, it's just easier to paint flat. Mm. 
um, and you have to be really close to your heat source. So just learning how to do that, how to have a big flat space, how to be able to look at it when it's flat. Um, that took getting used to, so it was easy to start small and just get bigger and bigger. So every time I would order more panels, I would just order a bigger size until I reached my limit. <laughs> That's wonderful. So in the exploration of oils, did you ever consider any other paint media beside encaustic leader? I, I mean, I started with oil, and that's, I have to say, it's my first love. I never really painted with acrylic. Wow. So, and, and most of the my fellow painters, um, especially here in this gallery, paint with acrylic. And I just never, I never did. I And so I have a huge number of oils. I know oil paint, and I, I guess I just got stuck with oil. So now I've got oil and encaustic in my toolbox. That's amazing. You really, you really have a handle on both of them. Your work is amazing. So I'm, I'm glad that you've undertaken both of those. So you mentioned that you have a barn in Maine, a farmhouse that you, uh, you and your husband purchased two years ago, and you spent uh, six months I, up right. there? Right, so that, talk about a totally impulsive thing to do. My husband and I, <laughs> we took a week off in August of 2017, is that right? Yeah, 2017. And we just went up to Acadia National Park, which is a place we love. And our kids didn't want to come with us. They're all in their 20s and we're like, that's fine. So we were there for a week, fabulous week. And we saw this old farmhouse that was about to be foreclosed on, mm. that's on the coast, old barn. And the day we actually saw it, it was unlocked. It was empty, unlocked, and we wandered through it. And we just thought, we have to buy this place. Like, wow. it's so amazing. And it was crazy, because going up there, we thought, you know, we're so smart. We don't have a vacation home. That would be a pain in the butt and a lot of money. And you always have to go to the same place to vacation. <laughs> and what did we do? We fell in love with this old farmhouse and we were, we were able to buy it, even though it was being foreclosed on. <clears throat> so this past summer, I said, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to stay up there for six months because the winters in Maine are not that great, but the summers are just brilliant. Um, and my husband could come back and forth because he works full time. And so I, I gave myself a deadline and the deadline was this show. I've got to like get a body of work for this January show. And I set up the barn with light. It doesn't have heat, but that's okay in the summer. Uh, tables, enough electricity to melt my wax. And I painted all summer and it was glorious. Um, so you mentioned the birch trees because I have three small ones that I really was looked like all these hikes we would do mm. and the trees and the trees and the fog. I loved the fog in Maine. And I would say this show uses a lot more of like black and white than I've used in the past, just because of all this time in the outdoors with the fog and the dark trees and the dark rocks. So I would do these, what are basically birch trees, but abstracted. Mm. Um, so the small one there was the first one, and then I kept getting bigger and bigger, and there's a couple that I'm not sure will make it in the show. And then this one, 
that you mentioned before is the last one I did, where I think is really the most realistic. I was really saying, okay, what would a birch tree look like? But this contrast of light and dark really excites me. And also the linear part of it. And you can, you know, I can try to be really straight or I can be like crazy curvy, but still keeping that linear repetition. That's, that really excites me. So even these two large abstract ones here in the middle of the gallery, it's still this kind of theme of this black and white and the, the birch trees. So. Absolutely. No, that, that's really amazing. And it does kind of feel like what you would see when you go on a hike, what you would experience, just the closeness of the trees and and also the depth of them. Some are wider, some are thinner. So it's like they're some the thinner ones look like they're further into the the painting. Well the so the one down there, the last one I did, I titled it Stay on the Trail. Because there would be times mm. in Maine I'd be hiking and I'd get off the trail and it would be like, okay, this is not going well. This is bad, like it's starting mm. to get dark and I can't see what's going on here. Oh, that's so scary. <laughs> anyway, so then this one, yeah, I wanted the dark to look like scary, like really like scary, creepy, and the white to be like, oh, I'm safe. So anyway, it was those th that remembering of like getting off the trail and thinking, oh my gosh, where am I going to end up? That helped me title that one. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that it does the I from here I can't really tell what color, maybe like a navy blue sort of. The, oh, so it's my favorite new color, which I don't think they have in oil paint. It's called Payne's Gray. Payne's gray. P-A-Y-N-E, okay. gray. And it's the color that I use the most. So it's a dark, dark, I would say a Prussian blue is the closest thing in oil paint. So it's a gray blue, but it also can pick up a little bit of purple when it's really thin. Mm. It's a transparent encaustic color. So a lot of the paint I used in this show is transparent, not the whites. The whites are all opaque, but I really wanted to try to maximize the transparency. And in encaustic paint, uh, there there's opaque paint, there's semi-transparent, and there's translucent or transparent. Um, and this Payne's gray, yeah, this, the painting here, that's all Payne's gray. So wow. it, it becomes a little bit purplish, but it's mostly just a dark, dark Prussian blue. So I use that a lot. So in encaustic I paints, I discovered sort of some new colors that they, I, I'm not aware of in oil painting. Um, yeah, and I, because if you use opaque, encaustic paint you lose that depth going in i mean yeah. you can get it a little bit by scraping but i i sort of focused on just the transparent encaustic paints for this show to really get to know them and understand them no it's wonderful and and your use of the paints gray on uh stay on the trail you called it stay on yeah, the trail. stay on the trail it adds depth and it adds mood to the trees. So you mentioned that you, it was a scary sort of feeling and it, it lends itself to that where you see like the peaks of like 
light coming through, but it's obscured by the darkness of Payne's Gray. So that's, yeah, you really definitely captured that in that painting, it's wonderful. So I had a question about the first one when you walk in, the first one on the left when you walk in. It's, I believe, the smallest one that's on display right now. So that one I did, it, so I took four different encaustic workshops and that I did, I have to remember which workshop. I think it was a workshop in Portland, Oregon. Wow. And so the workshops, they want you to bring smaller wood panels because they just can't accommodate these big ones. So it started as a painting in the workshop. I can't even really remember what it looks like. And then up in Maine, one day I was just like, okay, let's have some fun. And I was looking at an artist, I think her, her name is Ingrid Ellison. She's a Maine artist. And I saw some of her work in a gallery in Blue Hill, loved it. And she does this checkerboard stuff. Like, mm. so the one behind you, she, she does, I mean, her work is really amazing, but it has these checkerboards in it that are not like real steady checkerboards. They're kind of wavy, crazy checkerboards. So I thought that was so cool. So I tried it. So I took the, the one I'd done in this workshop and just whatever was there as a base, then put this checkerboard on top and liked it. So um, it's just kind of a little fun thing. No, it looks great. I love it. And it looks like you use green, white, and black for that one in particular? Probably black. I'm not, I'd have to go look okay. at it to know if it's black or the Payne's gray. Because the Payne's gotcha. gray, if you use it like not diluted down, it can be almost a black. Ah, okay. I use very little black because the black is opaque. So ah. I, I'll use the darker blues and darker greens. Um, pretty straight on for the darks. No, oh, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. I also like my experience with this gallery and this physical space. I don't want the show to have paintings all the same size because I think you come in and just like bonk, 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 bonk. So I like to change the size up because I just think it makes it more interesting. So I like the little one, you know, and then also the big ones. So I try to kind of mix up the rhythm. Absolutely. I feel like you've definitely done that, not only with your curation in the space currently that I'm looking at, that you, you know, kind of mix up that rhythm, but also within each painting, you've also done that too. It was, so these were all painted, well, almost all, were painted up in the barn in Maine. And the barn, it's just like a natural wood, interior. We haven't painted the inside of the barn. So these were all hanging on sort of rough natural wood. Mm. And so I haven't seen them against white walls. And in the barn, I have room to hang several, but I haven't, I don't have the room to hang this many. So I began to get a little anxious in November and December, like not knowing how it's going to come together as a show. Mm. I mean, that's kind of fun to start. Like I, I rented a truck and brought them all here from Maine and just stored them in the basement. <clears throat> and last night I brought them all up from the basement and just started 
sitting them around. And it's exciting to see them all kind of together and in this more pure gallery space, not in, you know, the barn next to the wood pile and, the, you know, the kayaks and whatever else is in the barn. Um, but I, I love that. I mean, that's what I do in my home, like moving art around. Like what looks good next to what? Like what's talking to its neighbor? What's talking across the gallery? Mm. And um, this is sort of my best attempt at what I want to go wear. And then I have a friend, a fellow artist, coming this afternoon who will give me her opinion, sort of a second opinion of, you know, maybe this one should go there or maybe... and. So I'll see what she thinks about it. But yeah, that's kind of the next layer of fun, is seeing how they work together and what, what in one painting sort of leads you to look at another painting. Absolutely, absolutely, and it definitely does. It definitely does. It feels like there's a string that connects some of them to, to another through the form and through the use of the encaustic paint. So. It's, it's really great. I really, really love this show. And I also look forward to any changes that might happen from what right. I'm witnessing now. You'll have to come back because <laughs> after my friend's here, we could totally change it up. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So I look forward to coming back and seeing what changes, if at all, if at all. But yeah, this is really, it's really, really a beautiful show. I'm really, really excited for it. Um, I think it's a really great way to start the new year. So, you know, if folks want to see a show that's going to have them thinking outside the box, they should definitely come see this show. Well, Absolutely you. come see it. It's I'd love, amazing. I, you know, we're, Muse is not a traditional gallery. It's a cooperative gallery, which is mm. a different, uh, just a different way to run a gallery. There's no owner. So we're a cooperative. Oh, okay. We're 22 artists. You're asked to join, and then you show for a month. Um, every two years you get a show month and it's your month to do whatever you want with so wow. it's in some ways like a tenured professor no one else in the gallery can tell you what to do with your art we have to work together to run the gallery um, you know to figure out who's sitting how to clean the bathrooms how to clean the floor how to clean the windows how to pay the bills so we have to work together to do that but your art is all yours that's wonderful. Um, and I know I have a show coming every two years, which is a good cycle for me to sort of plan for and Absolutely. work Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, it's, yeah, it's exciting to see it all here. And I like showing in the winter. I like being in the city in the winter and I uh, hope we don't have too many blizzards, but that's okay. We can deal <laughs> with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Deanne, for you, joining Witt. me today on this Art Blog Radio. This has been lots of fun. I love talking about my work. So, you know, I won't, it's a cooperative gallery. Just come by, and I'd love to talk more about my work. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, no problem. Thank you for welcoming me into the space of Muse Gallery. So you heard it here, folks. Come see Deanne Mills' show, Wonderland. It'll be here at Muse Gallery from January 1st, yes, the first of the year, New Year's Day, through February 2nd, 2020. You can come here on Friday, January 3rd to see it for First Friday. And if you want to attend an artist reception, that's on Saturday, January 11th, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. The gallery hours here are Wednesday through Sunday, 12 noon to 5 p.m. 
make sure you make it through the end show thanks so much for listening i'll catch you next time bye y'all